0: At TwoBrain, we have over 20 mentors from around the world, from Canada to New Zealand. We interview every single one of those mentors of the Brain team to show you how they got started in their business and how the path has led them to mentoring. These paths that they have all taken are different, but allow you to better understand each and every one of them. Connect with a mentor that best fits you. On this episode of the Mentor Series, we talked to Jeff Smith. He's the owner of CrossFit Cannon in Houston, Uh, but he didn't always grow up in Houston. He actually uh, was born and grew up most of his life in central Illinois, Uh, not only playing football up there, but we get into what kind of caused him to not only join the military um, from a young age, uh, flipping houses and kind of getting into real estate uh, back then, but even now. Um, and then also what led him to opening the gym and becoming a mentor and how he looked always for mentors from a much younger age. Enjoy. All right. I'm here with Jeff Smith, another amazing mentor uh, on our mentor series of the podcast. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Hey, Greg. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. How about yourself? Fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. So um, with the mentor series, of course, you already know this, but we are uh, diving into each mentor's um, kind of past of how they, what led them up to not only owning a business, um, but then actually jumping onto the mentor team. So uh, let's jump into your story.
1: Oh, my story. where to begin, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean I'm originally I live in Houston, Texas right now. Um, I'm originally from central Illinois. And uh, I was born and raised there, spent about 18 years there, um, went to college, played football, got hurt, got out of, well, left college, I should say, um, and then went into the military where I was in uh, 2nd Ranger Battalion from 2001 to 2004. I enlisted right after 9-11 and uh, kind of went that direction for a little bit and served with some very interesting people during that time. But uh, that that was a fun little period. And then after I got out, I uh, actually went back to work for an insurance company that I worked for for prior to going into the military. Um, And I kind of tracked into IT work with them. Uh, I'm the type of person that can never do like one thing at a time though. So I got into real estate. Uh, really early on in my twenties, and started absorbing everything that like Robert Kiyosaki has put out, and any other real estate gurus. I've got. <laughs> I still to this day. I'm almost forty, and I have uh, rubbermaid bins in my garage full of books. Um, and I was thinking about that today in preparation for this podcast. And it's really just like I, I'm a constant lifelong learner. I enjoy seeking out education in a lot of different venues. But that led me to start flipping houses um, all, all the while I was working this corporate job. Um, I was flipping houses. I bought some single family rentals and I eventually owned an apartment complex when I was 27. Um, so I've got experience in commercial and residential real estate, um, in kind of some different fields, um, 2007, I believe I, 2006, I guess I met, I met my wife now. Um, we started dating, this is still up in Illinois and, uh, I dated her for, I believe two years. And then we moved to Houston in 2008. So she could do her PhD at rice and, uh, so that brought us down here about 10 years ago, and we've just never left. I stayed doing IT work for a few years and didn't really have my other thing down here because I owned 13 properties at the time when we moved down from Illinois. Um, oh, wow. I, I, that's, I, not I, a,
0: that's not like a small amount of, of properties there.
1: No, we put management in place, and I, I held on to those properties for about five years until until it was decided that we we weren't moving back because that was originally the plan because my wife was going to do her PhD and then be a professor. And things changed throughout her five years of uh, doing her PhD and pursuing it. And uh, so we, we never really took that route, but really enjoyed Houston and Texas and have stayed down here ever since. So I liquidated all those properties in 2013. Um, I guess circling back to how I got into the gym industry, I, like I said, I played college football as in special operations. I'd worked out my entire life. Uh, so it was a natural fit for me. I had an aptitude for exercise science. I knew what was going on, studied some of it in school, um, came down to Texas, didn't know anybody. And, uh, I'd been doing CrossFit since 2004 four or five, like right when I got out of the military, they started doing it in my unit and buddies, buddies of mine introduced it to me. So I kind of sought it out and started doing it myself on my own. And in 2008, when we moved down here, um, I was working virtually out of our house. So I was doing it work and coding and things like that, building contact tracking tools uh, and never leaving the house, so I never would have any like human interaction. <laughs> so, so my wife and I talked about that, and we didn't think that was very healthy. And so, what I did was I looked for a CrossFit gym, and at the time, I think there was probably th- in this was two thousand eight. There was probably four in all of Houston. Which, if you know anything about Houston, there's probably about three hundred now or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was to
0: say probably more than that in, yeah. in the Houston area.
1: And, uh, so there happened to be one right down the street from my house and they had a noon class. And so that's how I started breaking up my day. I rode my bike over there at noon and, uh, took a two hour lunch and worked out. Um, that gentleman was a a former SF green beret and we hit it off really fast, um, And about within nine months from joining that particular gym, I was the first coach for him at that gym. So I coached from 2008 to 2011, still doing IT work. And then at that point in time, he offered me a full-time position. It wasn't something that I thought was a good idea, Uh, but I did have an itch to start doing something else. Cause I was kind of bored with my IT work. I needed more cause my real estate was up North. I didn't have anything to do. And so my ADD kicked in and I said, I, I think I'm going to open a gym to my wife and she's like, okay, go ahead. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> and, uh, so in 2011 we opened Canon and I kind of went through all the early mistakes ran it myself, got burnt out, Uh, learned a lot of hard lessons through that process in the first few years. Um, And then finally started, well, I shouldn't say finally, I don't think I dug myself out of that hole until about 2015. Um, A side note, I, I tried literally, I'm huge into mentorship. And this may lead you to some questions, Greg, but like, I, I've always had mentors my entire life in every single thing that I've done. Um, the first thing I do is is I go seek out people that have done it before me because I I generally don't like to make all those mistakes. Um, this the gym situation was an anomaly in that I had never run. A service-based business. I mean, I had loosely had all these other businesses with regards to real estate and things like that, but you're dealing with contractors and you're not dealing with employees and you're not dealing with customers that are coming in every single day, year after year. So the nuances involved in the gym business, needless to say, were a learning curve that was steep for me. Um, but I had immediately been hiring mentors in the gym business and, from the time that we opened to 2011 till 2015, I pretty much only had a few months gaps of having mentors in general. Um, and the mentorship programs that I was part of were just never a fit. And it's, it's so interesting to see the variety of different mentors out there, but so I was trying to stick around peg in a square hole with what we were doing and it just never really took. And then I hooked up with Chris at three, two, one go. And I think that's when I finally started working my way out of all of the issues I was having with regards to recognizing the problems, putting structure into place, getting people underneath me. And then, um, slowly I've worked myself kind of out of our gym on a day-to-day basis. We've structured it with full-time staff. And then I began, I guess that was 2015 through 2017, 16, 16, about 2016, halfway through was when I had coached my last class, I believe. Um, And then we had a head coach general manager in place and full-time couple of full-time staff members. And it allowed me to kind of step out of that role of the day to day. Then I obviously was looking for more to do at that point Mm. because I was bored and I did two things, I guess I contact, I was, I, I was with Chris from the infancy of two brain um, through today, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I started the mentoring process going through mentor training in June. Um, of a 17, 17. Yeah. And uh, started mentoring later in the year. I really just enjoy the, talking to people about businesses and brainstorming and spitballing ideas. And so like, it was a natural fit for me to talk to all of you entrepreneurs out there. Um, cause it, it really energizes me and I, I that's what I do on a regular basis. If I had nothing else to do, I would do it for absolutely free. Um, <laughs> And so I I also got back into real estate down here because we kind of stabilized and knew that we were living down here. So I started buying properties down here and am doing residential rentals currently. And I'm starting to offer on some commercial properties right now, actually. So I'm doing mentoring, running the gym, well, owning the gym. And I'm also uh, back into real estate down here as well. So I'm kind of dabbling in a few different things
0: again. Yeah. i always, always has in uh, your hands in uh, a bunch of different fires all at once.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty passionate about staying busy, I guess, and have a tendency to get bored doing one single thing at a time.
0: I, I totally understand that. So going back, going back to the original, your, your beginning of the story, when, When you said you got hurt in college, uh, why, why join the military? If you had, um, if you already had a a kind of a job lined up with what you were working with already um, in the insurance company, why, why join the military?
1: I've always had an overarching passion for service. Like that's just the type of person I am. I always am sticking my nose in things and uh, getting involved in situations and helping people. I mean, part of I mean, when I transitioned out of the military, that my natural inclination for what my next career step would be, the the paths I searched were firefighter, EMT, and uh, police officer, and then also like U.S. Marshal, and those a lot of those higher level FBI, U.S. Marshal positions I was interested in, and kind of floated those ideas for a while as well. Um, in kind of an interesting turn of events, I actually talked myself out of those roles because I <laughs> actually knew I would be bored soon enough in those roles. Cause I didn't think they had enough autonomy to allow me to kind of seek out other things. So I, I have looked, I've constantly looked for other ways to serve in general. Um, and like I said, I mean, I enlisted right after nine eleven that, was a very impactful event in my life. I would say it kind of, I wouldn't say it changed the course of what I was doing because ironically, I still have books from when I was in high school early on uh, about um, Ranger Battalion and entering special operations. It's something i had always seeked to do. And when I came out of high school, I kind of had a decision and the decision was, go play football right now because you're 18 years old and then you'll have the opportunity to go into the military later because you're going to be done with college at 22. So it was always an option that way. At the time I didn't see it working in reverse at all because I didn't know how long I would be in the military when I enlisted. I mean, I thought I could probably pull it off forever and be a lifer, but, um, Things didn't work out that way, obviously. But when I was 18, making the decision in my mind, I could do both if I went to college and played football first.
0: No, that makes sense. And I mean, and, and you did your career, you came out, um, you didn't do a full 20, but not, I mean, 99% of people don't, um, just like myself, I, I didn't as well. Um, you got back into that, the insurance company and it work, but what kind of started you? I know you talked about Robert Kiyosaki and uh, rich dad, poor dad. Um, was that like, was that the reason why you wanted to start into real estate? Like, what was it about real estate that kind of made you really want to dive into it?
1: This gets back into like my childhood, I would say, um, <laughs> I, uh, my dad left when I was very young eight or nine years old, and I've not spoken to him since. But prior to that, he was kind of like a shiny objects guy as well. And so I remember distinctly being very young, six, seven, five, six, seven years old, and we would move into houses and remodel them and flip them and live in them while we did it. And I- Oh, wow. Okay. I never knew the financials of that at all, but I always kind of harken back to that. Like I knew real estate from a very young age. And so like that is, I think what drew me to it in my early twenties as an, an opportunity and a way to be enterprising with your, your money.
0: Okay. And that may, no, that makes sense. I mean, if it's coming back from a point where, I mean, like you said, you were, you were moving house to house and and flipping them and renovating them and maybe not knowing the money side of it, but you knew almost, I'm I'm pretty sure probably all the other sides of it, um, with renovations and kind of how it worked. Um, so kind of led you, uh, down the path of real estate, which I think, uh, is definitely at some point we're going to have you jump back on. Let's, let's talk about people buying and selling and, and getting into the real estate market, whether it's within the building they own or the building they're, they're currently housing their business in or, or, uh, deciding to go outside of that even, but, um, that's for uh, later on. So, um, you said that you were really big into kind of being a lifelong learner. You've always had a ton of books, um, what do you feel like has been the biggest catalyst to your success with the books that you have read?
1: I just think the ability to take something from everything I learn and kind of appropriately inject it into either my career, or my personality or my life. And, and so I, I'm an, I don't know if nonconformist is the right term for it, but like I'm, I'm a rugged individualist, if you will. I'm like, I don't really take things at face value. So that's why I'm always seeking knowledge because like just the standard education system, I always kind of pushed back against and got me in a lot of trouble when I was younger, obviously. Um, but um, I, I just, I just have a tendency to question things. And so I was always looking for different ways to do things. And so like, that's why, if you want to talk about money, traditional 401ks have never really appealed to me because I'm like something about that stinks. And I've thought that since a very young age. And so (laughs) I'm like, I don't, something about this equation doesn't sit with me when I'm 20 years old. I give that bank a thousand dollars and they don't give it back to me for 42 years. Like that doesn't really sit well with me. And so like, that's just one example, but I, I am constantly reading about different things and seeking out knowledge in different areas because I want to be just because I'm always questioning things. And so to your point, a very belabored answer, but like I like piecing things together on my own and seeing what fits in my life.
0: No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, what, what has kind of now, now leading you down to Houston, you said your wife had, uh, she went to for a PhD um, and you guys had a lot of properties back in Illinois. Um, what what was the stopping point? Did she find a career or something down in Houston that made you guys say, okay, we're just going to stay here then?
1: Um. it was really opening the gym, I guess, because we opened the gym in 2011 In 2012. She had been all but dissertation in her program at that point in time. And she had kind of decided that academia was not necessarily the road she wanted to pursue because of some political underlying issues within that field. Um, mm-hmm. But Really, it was the fact that we had a business down here. We had kind of set down roots and both of us really loved Houston. And I said to my, well, I said to her that, hey, we're in our early 30s. This town is exploding with opportunity. And like, I want to spend my main earning years in this town because there's nowhere we can move. As much as I want to be out in the mountains and be outdoors and do all that stuff, there's nowhere we could live right now that would be more advantageous for the next 15 to 20 years than this particular place. And so that led us to kind of make the determination that in 2013 we were going to liquidate our properties in Illinois. Um, They had kept raising our taxes up there and had some onerous um, kind of fees associated with every single property. So your, your net profit kind of did not go in alignment with your rent raises in Illinois. It's just not a landlord friendly state, if you will. Um, And we weren't big enough. We weren't a big enough operation to absorb that and still make the money that I was comfortable with, with the way that we were leveraged. So it just made sense to uh, liquidate all that stuff, pull our money down to Texas, start investing down here, invest in our business and start buying properties down here.
0: That makes sense. That definitely makes sense, especially, yeah, with, with those scenarios. What, um, now, now that you've led through CrossFit, um, have gotten to the point, I mean, you started CrossFit pretty early too. It wasn't like you started, uh, late. I mean, there's a lot of people that started in 2008, 2009, and that's considered uh, early. But you kind of started super early. Um, have you have you noticed um, with your ability to be able to jump in and kind of split up your day um, that it's kind of pushed you in a in a in a better uh, position? uh, throughout your day, like splitting it up, meaning taking that lunchtime class, um, kind of clearing your head, working out. We know the benefits of working out for your mental, um, ability, but, uh, and cognitive ability, but do you feel like that's, that's kind of helped as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, full transparency. I don't work out at noon anymore. I, I'm a, <laughs> I'm more of a mid morning guy now. Cause I make my own schedule. Cause I don't, I don't work in it anymore. I don't have a corporate job. Um, I, uh, I get up very early five o'clock in the morning and I start working during that period of time. So I work out at like nine or 10 in the morning now and split my day up that way. Cause I'm usually done by two because we have three young kids under six. And so they start getting out of school at two o'clock. And so I'm usually try to be done by then, but I definitely still break up my day the same way. And I use the first half of the day. I try to use it for creative time, if you will. And then I go work out and then I come home and I do more like tactical work.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Do you feel like this entire time, this whole path uh, that you've led throughout, I mean, your very beginnings of of flipping houses as as at a young age, uh, that it has led you to become a a better mentor?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean... (laughs) Um, I, I have an interesting background that involves a very diverse set of experiences. I mean, I've done, I was a garbage man for a period of time and I still tell everybody that will listen that that was my favorite job of all time. I did that during the summers when I was in high school, because I, could, oh, right. <laughs> I could get up at four o'clock in the morning and I was off by 11 AM. And, uh, then, I mean, I worked at a hunting lodge for a period of time as a laborer. And, uh, I, I mean, I just have an interesting, interesting background and I've worked in a variety of industries. I mean, as far as being in a fortune 50 company, being promotable in that standpoint, all the way to like blue collar jobs that I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, I think what really benefits me as a mentor is I really have a passion for studying like human behavior and really listening acutely to like what people are truly saying to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because most of the time, the issue is not truly the issue, right? Very true. (laughs) So (laughs) I I am. And I also am, am an incredibly honest person about myself and my personal flaws, my personal issues. And so I challenge other people to be that transparent with themselves because that's how you can truly find happiness and fulfillment because we're usually our own worst enemies in most situations. So when my clients are telling me something's wrong with an employee or something, it's usually an issue internally so gotcha. we kind of have to vet that out and figure out what's going on. But I, I think my, my random set of experiences to include like deploying to war and doing all that stuff, I mean, that gives me a, <laughs> definitely the ability to kind of shrug things off because I've, I've got the ability to deal with, like certain issues are not that important, right? So like you can't get that, high or low. I mean, stoicism is something we talk about in the group quite a bit. And stoicism really fits in like the warrior culture and mindset, because you deal with these ups and downs of emotions. I, I find a lot of alignment with that warrior culture, Seneca, Epictetus, those guys that are stoics in the same thing that like <laughs> Entrepreneurs kind of experience some of that with regards to the roller coaster of emotions that you're constantly dealing with and the self doubt and the introspection, the hubris, and also having to be humble enough to recognize your own flaws in that and being truly honest and transparent with yourself first, right? Mm hmm.
0: No, that, that makes sense. Definitely. And like you said, I mean, the underlying issue is usually always, I mean, that's the issue. It's never, um, usually what is being verbalized. Yeah. It's always, it's always something underneath. And I think stoicism definitely, definitely takes a key role in, um, looking inside within, um, and being able to figure out what that is. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Now you have, uh, I mean, you've been mentoring for a while. Um, and I've had tons of of people under you that you've meant basically mentored that are mentees of yours um do you feel like you still learn from those even t- up to today
1: yeah absolutely absolutely I, I really enjoy the conversations that we have and the growth that you see in people i mean i think the clients are teaching me things each and every day and sometimes it's it's my approach, how I need to approach a situation to get my point across with them or get them to realize something. And other times it's just, they're coming at things from a different perspective, from a business standpoint. I mean, the the group is really innovative and lots of bright people, and it's really fun to be surrounded by such a great group of hungry entrepreneurs.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I'd say, uh, doing my calls, not only monthly calls, but even the incubator calls of new people coming in. Um, I, I love being able to do it. And I think you said it early on, um, which I wholeheartedly agree. I would, I would do this for free. Um, because I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So much. Um, if somebody out there is thinking about getting a mentor, um, they're looking for a mentor or they're thinking about it, whether it's through two brain or any other, uh, mentoring service, uh, what would what's one thing you'd want to tell them if they were thinking about it?
1: <laughs> um, I, a hundred percent, you should do it. I mean, like I said, I've, I've hired mentors in every single thing I've ever done. Um, I've spent a fortune on them. I, and that's not to say every mentor you ever have is somebody that you pay or have a transactional relationship with. Um, I have many mentors in my life that are not businesses I've sought out, but mm-hmm. when it comes to that's why two brain and I was were such a good fit early on was because they provided the mentorship with the education side of it, so I was able to go out and seek out the facts that I needed to di- digest and also have that mentorship support. Um, so it kind of put two things together that are really appealing to me. Um, I see, I seek out mentors in real estate and also finances. Uh, I, I just really and, and ironically, I've sought out very similar mentorships than Two brain provides in the gym industry in those other, in those other endeavors because they they do the same thing. They combine the education platform with the mentorship. So you've got a sounding board for any questions you have and like your aha moments and bringing it all together. And then also the accountability piece to having the need to take action on your items. Cause we, as much as I am like a, a fast starting action taker, like sometimes I get super complacent and, into this sense of like not getting things done for a period of time. So accountability is super important. Um, I think mentors are the way to get you to where you want to be. I'm big on networking and surrounding myself with people that have laid a path for where I want to go. And I am a huge believer that the people you surround yourself are going to take you with the people you surround yourself with are the people that are going to take you to where you want to be. So I'm very protective of my relationships in that manner and kind of how I spend my time as well.
0: That makes sense. Um, And I think, uh, I think that's a a perfect place to wrap it up where if somebody is, Hey, you know what? I really align with Jeff, whether that was his upbringing or military or whatever it would be, uh, real estate, even, um, what's, uh, the best place for people to contact you if they want to reach out?
1: Uh, just my, my email is jeff, J E F F dot smith at two brain business dot com, And you can reach me there and we can get you linked up with whatever services you're looking for, or we can just chat.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. I greatly appreciate your time and uh, being able to share your story and uh, jumping on here today.
1: Thank you. Absolutely, Greg. Always a pleasure, my man. Take care. You too.
0: As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We greatly appreciate you and everyone that has subscribed to us. If you haven't done that, please make sure you do. Drop a like to the episode, share with a friend. And if you haven't already, please write us a review and rate us on what you think. If you hated it, let us know. If you loved it, even better.
1: See you guys later.